Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Well, the two teams who have the two longest active winless streaks in the NFL, the Chicago Bears with five losses and the Detroit Lions with 10 They're coming up here in just about an hour and a half, kicking off a slate of Thanksgiving Day games. Bears at Lions. Man, that is one way to come into the show. It's Greeny (laughs) on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker by saying, play ESPN Radio. You heard her voice. That's Amber Wilson. I'm Courtney Cronin. We're sitting in for Greeny on this lovely Thanksgiving morning. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests. On Greeny, appear via the Goodyear hotline. All callers join us on the Dr. Pepper hotline. If you want to join in the conversation at any point today, we know many of you are in the car traveling to Grandma's house or other destinations on Thanksgiving. Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. So Lions and Bears, we should find out here shortly. But you heard Christine Lisi there say in the Sports Center update that Jared Goff, who has an oblique injury, it caused him to miss the last two games. He is indeed expected to play. The Lions are looking to avoid their fourth winless start through 11 games in franchise history. The Bears have a ton of drama surrounding them and their five-game losing streak, which extends to the coaching staff. Matt Nagy reportedly will now not be fired, according to a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Ted not Phillips, yet. Not yet. Uh, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips from the Bears' ownership uh, and leadership group apparently told sources, according to Schefter, that the report that came out earlier in the week that said that Nagy would be gone regardless of outcome is false. And we will see. We will see what happens with the Bears and the Lions. But that game coming up, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time in Detroit. The game following that one, Raiders and Cowboys, both teams looking to bounce back a little bit. 4.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. The Cowboys seeking to avoid losing consecutive games for the first time this season. They lost two of their last three after a hot 6-1 and one start. And that has been the focal point of the conversation around these two teams this week. Here's what Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, had to say about needing to respond after getting punched in the mouth by the Kansas City Chiefs. You look back at the film, you look back at what we put on that tape, um, a team that didn't respond to another team punching us in the mouth. That's why I was pissed off at them, and I know the rest of the guys are. So that's what we've talked about, responding, and somebody's got to obviously pay for that. And so uh, we just got to go out there in this game and, and show how physical we can be, show our nature of playing for one another, and get that identity back. 19-9 loss is what the Cowboys suffered last week in Week 11 at the hand of the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got another AFC West opponent coming up on Thanksgiving Day with the Raiders, who are trying to contain their season after a pretty hot start, but a lot of off-the-field stuff. They lose their coach to a resignation, uh, the tragedy involving Henry Ruggs, um, Damon Arnett, and his situation, he gets released too. So Derek Carr by a miracle, kept this team together with a 500 record. Will they be a game above 500, or do they fall to 5-6 and six on Thanksgiving Day? But, you know, a big, the big thing for the Dallas Cowboys is that Tyron Smith, the left tackle, has no injury designation, Amber, for today's game. So he's going to play. And that's really good news for Prescott because he has a 60 QBR with Smith on the field versus a 36 QBR when he's been off the field this season, a team that is – absolutely predicated on its offensive line play. 
Yeah, Smith could be the boost that the Cowboys need here. Now, they may be shorthanded in other areas. Obviously, Amari Cooper, uh, CeeDee Lamb had that concussion. I I don't know, has he been officially ruled out? I have him as questionable on my notes. But either way, they're going to be shorthanded. The good news is, for the Cowboys, is I don't know, frankly, how much they need those guys. The Raiders are giving up uh, over 132 yards per game on the ground this year, which is the fourth most in the NFL. If the Cowboys are smart, they will take advantage of that by running the ball a hundred times in this game and the pressure won't be on Dak after he had a very mediocre performance uh, last week, of course, in that loss to Kansas City. Yeah, and and you mentioned C.D. Lamb. Ed Werder, ESPN NFL reporter, just tweeted that the status of the Cowboys' second-year receiver for today's game against the Raiders is undetermined. The team's optimistic, but the decision's not entirely in their control. NFL requires a player to clear a five-step concussion protocol, and the final evaluation is going to come from an independent neurologist, not one that works for the team. Um, and, and he looked like he hit his head pretty hard there in the end zone, from, from at least the angle that I saw. And I thought, man, on a short week, isn't that kind of asking for a lot? I know they're they're kind of in a situation where they want to, you know, stop a skid from happening, but you know, you worry about you know the rest of the season there. And he looked like he got pretty shaken up. I haven't heard of any. I mean, it's always a miracle to me when these guys can clear concussion protocol. And I use clear in air quotes if it's if, it's, if they're actually doing that, if they're still dealing with some symptoms. But C.D. Lamb uh, is questionable for the game against. The Raiders uh, taking place later this afternoon. But, you know, one other thing with this Raiders game, uh, excuse me, with the Raiders Cowboys, is that I don't think, even in their losses, that there has been a more exciting player, defensive player, that is, uh, in the NFL this season than Micah Parsons. I mean, he has five and a half sacks in his last three games, even in the games that they lost, even to Denver and, and the game against Kansas City last week. He's the first player with 60 tackles and eight, and eight sacks through 10 games of a season since Terrell Suggs did that in 2013. I remember watching you know, his college tape and wondering, man, whoever gets this guy is getting an all-around complete defensive player. You can go ahead and start stacking the all-pros eventually because this guy is the total package, and he has been so fun to watch. He is a true football player. I, I know I sound like a coach meathead or a personnel scout meathead, but that is what I think of when I watch Micah Parsons play football. Yeah, he's obviously been incredibly exciting to watch, and you would expect him to have another big game today, although that's not saying much, of course, for Parsons. And, you know, with the Raiders, I talked about it when we spoke about this game earlier in the show, where they have just been heading the wrong direction in every component of this team. And somewhat understandable when you referenced all the -the off-the-field stuff that they have endured, and there's only so much Derek Carr can do. I do think Carr deserves a lot of credit for keeping this team on track in the way that he has, and being the leader that he has. I have been so incredibly impressed by him. I know there's some questions. Oh, will Derek Carr still be the quarterback of the Raiders? I think emphatically the answer to that has to be yes, just from the leadership he's shown. And of course, we've seen that from Carr in the past, but I think that this season it's been really remarkable with the adversity that that team has faced. However, now, you know, Vegas ranks last in the NFL in third down and conversion rate on offense and 31st on defense. I, I mean, on both sides of the ball for this Raiders team, things are trending very much the wrong direction. I think that sets up well for the Dallas Cowboys today. And of course, also wanting to redeem themselves from a terrible performance last Thanksgiving against the Washington football team. Let's head out to the Dr. Pepper hotline real quick before we hit the break. Donovan in Virginia. Happy Thanksgiving. You want to talk about the Raiders. What do you got? Oh, what's going on? Happy Thanksgiving to y'all. For my Raiders, we only had to do like three things. Defensive-wise, 
we have to bring John Abram down to like the line of scrimmage, like Jamal Adams, just so we can help with the run. And we got to keep progressing. Compared to last year, I got to play off defense. And on offense, we got to keep Deshaun Jackson on the field because he brings that speed element. And with Derek Carr, Derek Carr had 22 fourth-quarter comebacks, and that's number 25 all-time. And we've seen two of them this season. When there's nobody open, he has to run the ball. And when he when he sees that one-on-one downfield, he has to throw it. The whole Raider Nation can feel when he wants to throw it. He has mm-hmm. to throw it, man. He has to lead us because we can still win this division. Kansas City only 7-4, we 5-5. Five five. Everybody know what happened. We can still win this division, man. And what better way than to get it right than on national TV in Jerry World gets the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, man. And we got yes, the sir. John Jackson. He know that. And he know that. He know the Dallas Cowboys very well, man. That's all, all I got. Right. Donovan, thanks so much for the calls. Donovan in Virginia. I mean, I agree with him. That that fourth quarter comeback stat for Derek Carr for me, ever since I covered the Raiders in 2016, it's always been the one that stuck out to me. But in, in the last three games, Carr has four passing touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, only Ryan Tannehill and Josh Allen have thrown more interceptions since week nine. Another loss would be his first time losing four straight since weeks 12 through 15 in 2019. Raiders trying to turn things around before their season gets out of hand. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're still very much in the thick of things, but have been on a losing tear as of lately. Mel- Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker agreed to a 10-year deal with $95 million to stay in East Lansing. The Spartans opened the season 8-0, but are now 9-2, and ranked 12th, and are hosting Penn State. On Saturday at 3.30 p.m. East, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC, College Football's Play of the Month is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and the fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. So it's Thanksgiving. Everyone's happy. Everybody except this college football coach. He was not in a festive mood. We'll get into that next here on Greeny, ESPN Radio, and ESPN App. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Happy Thanksgiving. You are listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Greeny is off today, but Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson are keeping you company on Thanksgiving Day. Hit us up on Twitter at AmberW790 at Courtney R. Cronin. Let us know what you're into on this Thanksgiving Day, what's on your plate, what games you're most excited for, and uh, whatever else you're doing. Hopefully some of you are able to find some time off today. There's an interesting rant, though. Uh, Nick Saban, man who is uh, no stranger of getting heated, uh, not necessarily in the holiday spirit of, uh, of, of thanking the fans and all of that, and rightfully so. He was on his coach's show, the Nick Saban show, earlier this week, and he had this pretty epic rant about fans expecting way too much from the Crimson Tide, a team that just beat Arkansas, but they fell in the college football playoff rankings from number two to number three, Ohio State leap, leapt, leapfrogged, leapfrogged them. I don't know what the proper uh, tense is there, but Ohio State's two, Alabama falls to three because they they got by uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks, but their defense gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points in the process. Here's what Nick Saban had to say to Alabama fans who want this team to go undefeated every single season. Played LSU. Everybody says, oh, they lost two games in a row. They're not any good anymore. All right, we're just going to blow them out. It's just the opposite. It's just the opposite of that. All right, they're competitors. They have moms and dads. They have pride in performance. They have things that they want to accomplish and they want to do, and they want to be good. All right, they don't just throw in the towel. All right, they work harder to try to get better, and everybody wants to beat us. All right, so... We're going to get everybody's best game. And I don't know why people can't understand that. And, but, and, you know, we're, we're, we're just, you know, and, and, you know, it's, you could say it's not fair to our players that they get everybody's best game. Right? But they do. Right? And they have to be able to compete through that and play over that. And, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. I mean, when I came here, everybody was happy to win a game. Right? Now we're not happy to win a game anymore. We're not happy to win a game at all. All right, we think we should win games by whatever. And I don't think that's fair to the players either. Because right, our players work our, their butt off right, to be the best that they can be. Right, and to get criticized for what they work hard for to do so that you can be entertained. Right, so that you can enjoy and have pride and passion for what they accomplish and what they do. And they're not perfect. Right, they're just college students. They're going to co- they go to school every day. They've got to study. Right, they have to run extra after practice when they miss study hall. I mean, come on, give me a break. This is not professional football. These guys aren't getting paid to play here. They're representing you all. You should be proud and happy to support them and appreciate what they do and have some gratitude. And you know what else? Nobody wants to win worse than they do. Not me, not you. I don't care what kind of fan you are. Nobody wants to win more than the players that play. Nobody. That was magnificently said. And, and nobody of... feels worse than they do when they lose. Yep. Nobody. Man. So for all you self-absorbed folks out there that can't look past your own self, right, to appreciate what other people are doing. Whoa. Preacher Saban I going mean, in on the Alabama the fans. I mean, yeah, he, he was done, and then he had to come back and say, all of you self-absorbed Alabama fans who don't 
get who get upset when we're not blowing out Arkansas fifty five to zero when Arkansas is a ranked team. Um, shame on you. And then <laughs> these players don't get to eat if they lose. They they have to run fifteen miles with no shoes on and all these other things. I thought it was actually great. Um, I also think that Nick Saban is doing some expectation setting here, given oh, yeah. who this team faces two weeks from now. They've got the Iron Bowl this weekend with Auburn, but. The SEC championship takes place during championship weekend, the first week of December, and they face number one Georgia. And if they have two losses, they already have one to Texas A&M, chances are, given everything else that's going on in the top four, top six right now, they're probably out of the college football playoff. And they face a defense that's allowing 7.8 points per game this year, by far the best in college football. They've got Jordan Davis, uh, Nicobe Dean. Either of them are probably going to be first-round picks next year. One of them may actually end up in the Heisman conversation uh, at some point. Who knows? Uh, But I think that Nick Saban is not only just, like, airing some grievances right there with fans, Amber. I think he's also saying, you guys need to realize we're probably not going to win that game, and you can't expect that that's going to be the case uh, and, you know, just kind of cool your jets if we end up losing. It feels like he's scared of Georgia and it feels like he knows if he has a couple losses, he's probably not ending up in the playoffs and he knows what the wrath is going to be coming from the fans because of that. I don't know that caring about your football team winning makes you self-absorbed. I, I don't quite know why he then went after the fans to that degree. Of course, you can go after the fans if you're Nick Saban. Like he could yep. say pretty much anything he wants about Crimson Tide fans uh, because he's Nick Saban and he's done the winning. But the reality is in the SEC, the expectations are obscenely high. And when you've only lost 24 games in your entire tenure and you've won 175 of them, then yeah, sometimes the fans are going to take for granted the winning. Uh, We know that fans are not always rational in that respect, but it does sound like to me that he's trying to temper expectations and that he's a little scared of this Georgia team, Courtney. And he is feeling hot on a Thanksgiving week. I mean, he's thankful, certainly, for the fans and for, for, you know, winning and his salary and everything (laughs) else. I mean, who's paying his salary? I mean, he's called them all self-absorbed, but who's paying the salary for a public institution making him the highest paid public employee in the state? Um, Eventually, you know, kind of in a circuitous route, I'm sure he'd say, yeah, actually, I'm thankful for the fans, but... Please be quiet. Um, That was Nick Saban, and he was uh, unfiltered. Did not mince any words there. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists. Like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. If the Bears don't win in Detroit on Thanksgiving Day, that'll be watching it all burn down. Bears have never fired a coach midseason. I don't know that they do it on a holiday like Thanksgiving. Why don't you just fire him before Thanksgiving? How about that? Bears fans would be very thankful. Do the winless Detroit Lions finally find their way to a victory on Thanksgiving Day? Or do the Chicago Bears right the ship and potentially save Matt Nagy's job for another week? It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson wishing you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Let's tap in now with ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini, who's joining us via the Goodyear hotline with you for every mile of the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Diana how are you? It has been a minute. Are you cooking with a newborn today? Hi, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I normally am the chef, uh, but not this year because I'm a little busy now, uh, which is, you know, obviously it's football season and I got this new little boy attached to me, uh, you know, and I was on TV this morning and I kept getting asked the same question, Court. It was like, what's your favorite, you know, meal on, the, on your table? I'm like, this is how it works when you have a baby. You want to sit and eat, but the second the hot food comes out, your baby immediately starts crying. It's like clockwork. So um, my son is the best diet in America at this point. And uh, so I won't be eating anything today, but I'm sure I'll be looking at it. That is awesome. I always know that I always follow along with your Twitter feed because I want to know what your mom's up to. I want to know what you're up to as a new mom. <laughs> so um, I'm so glad to hear your voice again, though, and, I, and I'm so excited to get to talk football with you. I saw you on Get Up this morning. You picked the Lions to win, the 0-9-1 Lions. Why do you think they get it done today? I was actually picking the Lions, not purely based on what the Lions can do, but based on what the Bears can't do. Um, I, I think – Andy Dalton back under center on top of everything that has gone on this past week. We can talk to her blue in the face about how this isn't distracting the fact that there are rumors that their head coach is getting fired and rumors that there were meetings canceled, which, you know, I did speak to some sources court in Chicago who told me that that was not true, that there was no abrupt meet cancellation of meetings, that it was something that was scheduled. Uh, but there's certainly tons of heat. Uh, on the seat of their head coach. And while ownership did address the team and basically say, look, we're not firing him, we're, we're, we're sticking with him, um, I just think that it creates a culture uh, and, and also creates a lack of motivation for anyone because there's just no direction. Uh, so on the other side of it, though, on the flip side of it, I think this is the type of game Dan Campbell wants and, and, and this Lions team could take full advantage of and we can finally see Detroit get a win this season. Well, this Lions team seems to want every game. They certainly play hard for Campbell, even though it hasn't panned out for them thus far. But let's go back to Niagi for a second here, Diana. Obviously, all the rumors have, as you mentioned, taken their toll. Is there anything the Bears you think could do today that would change the narrative surrounding Matt Nagy? Yeah, I think that's the thing we're all going to be watching is, can this, if this team plays well, can that save a job and anyone who's been around the NFL knows 
that this has happened before where, you know, you hear about a coach potentially getting fired before Thanksgiving, and then they win out in December, and all of a sudden they're keeping their job. Uh, we've seen the opposite where we've seen a winning coach or a coach having some success by around Thanksgiving, and no one is talking about him losing his job, and then he does come December, maybe early January now. So, you know, you never know. So much can change. But here, here's the problem with the Nagy situation. He's tied to Justin Field. Owner, he's the future. Justin Field is the future quarterback in Chicago. And ownership, that's part of their plan. And we owners like to see their plans, you know, come to fruition and come together. And Matt Nagy's not – if he's not going to be able to do it, which you can't do it if the player is on the bench – then it's really giving him no advantages to potentially keeping his job. So while we you know we can have the discussion of, well, if they perform and they win, um, could he save his job? I think if they perform well and win with Andy Dalton, I don't think it's going to matter. But if Fields comes back off injury and there's a spark and there's some sort of offense that looks like it could be productive and potentially be really good, that, that, then I think maybe ownership considers it a little bit more. But for now, the seat's obviously very, very hot. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL insider, joining Amber Wilson and Courtney Cronin here on Greeny ESPN Radio, ESPN app. So the Saints and the Bills, that's the second game of the Thanksgiving slate at 4.30 p.m. kickoff down in the Big Easy. The Saints are missing so many players. They're 5-5. Five and five. How do they right the ship and, and stay in the thick of that NFC wildcard race when they're going against number one pass defense in Buffalo? Yeah. Yeah, you have so many injuries. We know Alvin Kamara is not playing. Mark Ingram is questionable. I was told he's feeling good. He's feeling better. uh, But it's really going to be up to the coaches to decide whether or not they want to play him. And, you know, they're going to need him. He'd be their lead back. And, you know, this is a kind of game where you have to figure Taysom Hill is going to be used as much as possible as a runner, possibly, you know, even, even as a passer. We saw what they did against the Tennessee Titans where they used him as, as their lead runner. Actually, Mark Ingram led, uh, but Taysom was a big part of their run game. And that's really all they can do. They don't have any weapons left. And obviously, Michael Thomas isn't in. Uh, in terms of Trevor Simeon at the quarterback position, you I mean, look, he, he's not going to, to win you big, big games. He's not going to come up with incredible plays, but he's going to take care of the football. And, and that's why Peyton has stuck with him. As for the other side of it, though, with the Bills, uh, I was actually in Buffalo last week when they they just got absolutely pounded by Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. And, you know, post-game, Coach McDermott was really disappointed in their physicality and what they were able to do. That's not Buffalo's defense has been number one all season, and they definitely did not look like that um, last week. But, you know, I think this is going to be a big rebound game for the Bills as they can – fully take advantage of a Saints team that's just hobbling here because, uh, you know, the, the Bills are healthy. They're, they're in a good space. They just need to find themselves again. Di, you mentioned Taysom Hill. I wanted to get your take on what the Saints did with some salary cap maneuvering earlier in the week and, yeah. and you know, working within his deal. What does Sean Payton think about Taysom Hill as far as the role he's going to play going forward in the Saints offense because doesn't it kind of feel like this is a team that might be in the mix for I don't know maybe getting a Russell Wilson next year are they committing to Taysom as potentially keeping him in the mix for quarterback or what is this I wish anyone in my life loved me as much as Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill (laughs) I can tell you that because it's incredible how much 
um, loyalty there seems to be. But but to to Peyton and the New Orleans Saints defense, you know, I I think Hill has the ability um, to to add a lot to an offense. You know, anytime I talk to defensive coordinators before a Saints game, Hill's always someone they're talking about. Uh, just the fact that they can run so many gadgets and they do so much with him. And, you, and he is that Swiss Army knife. You don't know what he can do. Um, do I think he's the future quarterback in the Northern Saints? No, I don't. I, I think that's what's interesting about this is because Taysom wants to be a starter. It's been made very public. That is what he wants to do. He's done everything in the offseason to try to become that. Then they bring on Jameis Winston. Jameis wins a job. Um, you know, we seeing this. We see Trevor Simeon. I mean, if you can't win the starting job over Trevor Simeon, you know, so we, we know what Trevor Simeon is. We don't need to see any more to determine if he's a good quarterback. He's okay. He's not the future of the New Orleans Saints. So um, I, I think keeping him on the roster as a weapon is the reasoning there. And and look, it's it's Sean Payton runs everything in that organization. If that's the player he wants. He's going to make it happen, and that seems to be what he's doing. Diana, you mentioned that Alvin Kamara is one of many players that the Saints are missing in this matchup. You know, we heard he had the knee soreness a few weeks ago. He wasn't even placed on the IR. Then we heard it was an MCL sprain. They were expecting him to come back in week 11. He reportedly had a setback. He's only practiced once in the last few weeks. I was surprised he's out again this week. Do you have any information about what's going on with him specifically and how huge of a matchup issue is it that they're missing him this week? Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers, guys. I'm not going to bore you and go through every category. But nobody even, like, no one's even close to doing what he's doing in terms of yards, receptions, touchdowns. Uh, He leads the way. He is the guy there. The offense is run through Alvin Kamara. So not having him obviously tells you the story. And we've seen the same struggle since he's not out there. Um, You know, as as brilliant of a mind their play callers are, uh, or play caller is, you, you, you see that there's, if you don't have the players, you don't have the talent out there, it's, you're not going to be able to get it done. But in terms of his injury, going back to two weeks ago, uh, two and a half weeks ago now, you know, I originally was told that he was just nicked up. Um, and then, you know, you could see it on film, him getting tackled. And you just, you, you see the knee just go in a weird direction. Um, but in terms of how it's progressed, it's certain, you know, you, you laid it out perfectly. It's gotten worse, it seems, from the initial report being sort of a light injury or not light, but like a medium type concern to now missing this many games. And, you know, they could just be playing to, you know, to, to get that extra rest and hoping to pull something off. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Um, but I don't know the exact issue. And, you know, we've all covered injuries before. Usually, with these type of knee injuries, sometimes if it's taking this long, it's other things as well. Maybe it's a high ankle sprain involved in that too. I don't want to play doctor here, but you have a lot of things at play uh, that could be holding him back. But, you know, I've been around Alvin Kamara for a, a lot of years now, and he is a tough competitor, and I know he wants to play. Um, so it, this isn't something where the player is being conservative about it because he's concerned about himself or or, you know, his own situation. So, um, you know, the Saints need Alvin Kamara, bottom line, and they're not going to have him today against the Bills. ESPN NFL insider Diana Russini joining Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson on Greeny ESPN Radio ESPN app for a few more minutes. Diana, I want to ask about the Cowboys because they're in the midst of, you know, this this weird stretch of their season where they've lost two of their last three. They've got the Raiders at home on Thanksgiving Day. 
But are they, do you think they're cooling off at this point? I mean, they were the most high-octane offense in that 6-1 and one start, and it kind of feels like against these AFC West opponents, they've run into a brick wall. Yeah. Um, I mean, every everything they've gone through, I think we can we have to make that, you know, the bigger st- story involving Vegas and what they've been through as an organization. Um, obviously, changing change of coach, everything going on um, with that. But on top of the fact that they've had these three losses, they're traveling, and then their run defense is, is not good. It's one of the worst in NFL. And facing a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who you know are going to run the ball today. They have Tyron Smith back, Ezekiel Elliott, while he's a little bit banged up with that knee from the game against the Chiefs. Zeke's going to eat in a game like this, and and they want to get that going. They've actually talked about it all week long in Dallas about getting that run game going because that can't do it all. I mean, we saw those receivers uh, with all those drops. That that's another issue, but they need the run game for them to be successful in their six straight wins. They led the NFL in rushing yards, so it's it's you know it's very obvious there when they run they win when they run excuse me when they run a lot they win. Um, so to face a Raiders defense that most likely not going to be able to handle it. You know, and there's, there's a lot of guys on that Raider staff that have a Dallas connection. Uh, they know what Dallas can bring, and, you know, you got to think maybe that can help a little bit, but it's still not going to be able to stop what I think the Dallas Cowboys is going to, you know, what they're going to be able to do, especially if CeeDee Lamb is back in there as well. Danny, you're covering L.A. Green Bay this week. Is there anything worse uh, for the Rams than going from Los Angeles to Green Bay, Wisconsin here at the end of November? Kickoff temperature is supposed to be in the 30s. How much of a factor do you think that's actually going to be for this Rams team? I'm literally packing my suitcase right now while I'm talking to you guys going through this. And I have in my hand such like layers. Like, like You would think I was going to Antarctica because it is so cold in Lambeau and especially down on the field. There's some sort of wind tunnel. You guys would know better than me. But all I know is anytime I've been there, um, I'm always frozen. So for, for the Rams, it's certainly the obvious disadvantage to go from beautiful, sunny sunshine, sunshine of, of L.A. to Green Bay. But really, for, for them, they've never lost three games straight against Sean McVay or three games in a row with Sean McVay. This is a big game for them. Matthew Stafford's got to clean up the turnovers. And, and, you know, you look on the other side, too, with Green Bay – they have to run the ball. They're going to have to run the ball, despite the fact that we know that the Rams are good against the run. Aaron Rodgers' toe is, is obviously hurting him, uh, and, it's a, and it's a problem. And he's not going to be the Aaron Rodgers as we've seen. He's not going to be as mobile. Um, and, you know, we still have that question mark whether or not Aaron Jones is going to play. And, and they're going to certainly want him back here if they want to get that ground game going. But either way, they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, you know, A.J. Dillon did a good job last week. But as you can see, like, they can't rely on Aaron right now with that toe. It's hurting him that much, which, guys, I didn't realize a pinky toe could be so crucial. Uh, I had Bart Scott actually explaining to me this morning uh, when we were on TV together just how much weight you put on the outside of your foot when you're cutting, um, and your pinky toe actually has a big part of that. So uh, I, I hopefully I, I taught you guys something as well because I did not realize your pinky toe was that important. I feel like if I cut mine off, I wouldn't even know the difference. Um, but apparently you would. Yeah, so, um, biology or yeah. anatomy lesson. But how much that. is Aaron Rodgers cutting? You know, He I scrambles mean, like, a lot. Like his posi- well, I suppose, but I feel like you could avoid your pinky toe now. I don't know. I don't know these things apparently yeah. either, Diana. 
yeah, I, I again, you know, all I know is we've we've seen enough uh, images of his foot. I'm done talking about it. I'm done looking at it. Um, you know, everybody wants to now show their feet, which I know there's a market for that out there in the world. But um, you know, I think I think everyone just kind of wants to see this. I, I here's this from talking to the Packers. They just want to get to the bye. Um, they want to get through this game, try to get this win. Um, and this is certainly going to change it up in the NFC. If, if the Rams were to lose, um, much it's not going to be as messy as the AFC, but it's certainly going to start defining, uh, you know, who, who, who the great teams are in that, you know, in that conference. Diana, appreciate the time on this Thanksgiving day. I hope that you at least, I know the food's going to be cold by the time it gets to you with a newborn. I hope there are some Italian staples, though. I always look forward uh, to seeing whatever the plate is from your mother's household on Thanksgiving. Yes, Court, that's what we do. I was just explaining to people this morning. I'm like, you know, you guys can keep your turkey and our stuff, and we do a whole Italian thing, and then we do Thanksgiving. Um, because no one really even likes Thanksgiving. Please don't quote me on that, but that's the truth. I don't like Thanksgiving that much. I like all the food that comes before that, the stuffed shells, the lasagna, the meatballs. I'll Yum. take that any day of the week. She is the best. That is ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini joining Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson on Greeny via the Goodyear hotline. If you missed any of the show, you can find both hours posted as a daily podcast available wherever you listen to your podcast. Just type in Greeny and you'll be able to listen to this Thanksgiving show. A reminder, as you are preparing your food, I, I said I will always use my platform for this on Thanksgiving Day. If you are deep frying a turkey, be sure to do it outside. This is a platform. I don't know why this is so important to me, but always hearing about the people who end up in the emergency room, just like on 4th of July, the people who don't know what they're doing, playing with fireworks, don't play with fireworks. I'm going to say the same thing that I say every Thanksgiving. Fire safety takes no holidays. Deep fry that turkey outside, not in your garage, definitely not inside and not on your porch, outside in a well-ventilated area. Um, Diana said some interesting things, though, there. I mean, the, the pinky toe thing, I think it's a conversation that we should absolutely keep having. Because seeing Aaron Rodgers put that thing up against Zoom and just explaining, um, A, it's not COVID toe and whatever that is. And B, that it's, it's you know, you think about how you plant on your foot. Like, I know you were talking about that, Amber. And I'm like, if I didn't have my pinky toe, like, I used to be a dancer. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to do the things that I that I wanted to do and the moves that I wanted to make with my feet um, if you don't have that to plant. I, you know, I I'm I think I'm going to be more cognizant of it now going forward. Like I'm planning my foot right now, just trying to push off. And I'm like, can I do it with just the first four? I don't know. You know, I think adjusting to anything uh, on the fly, which obviously is what's happened here with him, uh, is difficult to do. But I, it's not the same as as having a, a fractured big toe, I would imagine, right? Like it's oh, a pinky gosh. toe. And the position he plays, he may not be able to scramble out of the pocket nearly as much as normal, but it's not like they can't game plan for that. I, I don't. I feel like we're making too much. Like there's got to be other dudes in that locker room rolling their eyes at Aaron Rodgers making this huge deal about his pinky toe in an NFL locker. Right. I mean, maybe you just, I don't know, do you like put like heavier tape on it? I don't know. I feel like you'd have to do something to stabilize it. Hockey um, players are missing all their teeth well, guess, out here and taking pucks to the face and whatever. And they're <laughs> laughing at Aaron Rodgers' pinky toe. I guess that he's just going to have to change uh, change what makes him great and not be scrambling for six plus seconds like he did on two touchdowns against the Minnesota Vikings to uh, to make some magic. But uh, we're got to get out of here. But stick with us next. Barton Hahn, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.